Hello, welcome to BTS Podcast. This is your host, Lene Cook. It is March 20th, 2020, and if you're listening to this significantly in the future and don't recall this moment in time, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, pandemic, ordeal, call it what you want. And this episode is totally unrelated. Uh, We maybe mention it once. Um, because it was just recorded last week. So anyway, Margot Brooke and I recorded this as we prepared to go into complete isolation. I was house slash dog sitting next door and we desanitized, we cleaned, we recorded. We have been friends for quite some time, um, going on 10 years, maybe a little bit more than 10 years now. And I've wanted her to be on the podcast for a while to talk about her work. She models, acts, does influencer work. We talk about how she has kept a level head, which I've been a firsthand witness to. Uh, We also talk about progressing in her career, starting acting, getting work, preparing to get work, like what she does to get ready for an audition or casting, dating, creeps on the internet. And then we also answer your listener and follower questions. So thank you to everyone who submitted. Shout out to our friend Courtney Page. She's an awesome filmmaker. And then she also submitted some great questions that helped get the conversation going. And I would also like to thank... Mariana, Lauren, and the team behind Gabriel's Inferno, you're super appreciated. We are really grateful that you submitted your questions. It was a lot of fun recording this episode. I usually have fun recording, well, actually I always have fun recording the episodes, and it's especially fun when I get to be really nosy about my friends' work and their lives and their brains and what they do. If you'd like to support this podcast, I know everyone's in a weird financial pinch situation right now, so I completely understand. If you do not want to go to anchor.fm slash BTS podcast and become a monthly contributor. Obviously, I would still love if you did. However, ways to support this podcast for free include joining the hashtag BTS podcast guest and listeners Facebook group, where you can support by asking questions, liking and sharing episodes, etc. Please do also find BTS podcast across social media platforms. If you look on Instagram, it is at BTS the podcast and the same on Twitter. So any kind of sharing, retweeting, any of that would be super, super helpful. And then you'll also be able to submit for questions that you may have for future episodes or submit ideas for future episodes. Ideas are always very welcome. Additionally, everyone is loving Instacart right now. Uh, What a time to get groceries delivered, huh? Am I right? So you can use Instacart to order from your local grocer. It's great. You choose the grocery store. You choose exactly what you want. You make notes. You get to have input on replacements. And I have found it wildly, wildly helpful When you use this promo code, you will save money off your first delivery with Instacart. I'm a big fan. I use it basically everywhere I go, uh, not just during a crisis to avoid a virus. If you use LCOOK51FA, you will save $10 off your first delivery. I'm not sure why they changed my promo code, but they did. Anyhow, use that if you're traveling, which I hope you don't have to right now. You can use LCOOK61 to save on your first Hotel Tonight booking. I love Hotel Tonight. In fact, um, I actually had to be somewhere this week. And so I'm quarantining in a hotel room in San Francisco. And I'm super grateful for Hotel Tonight. The hotel I originally booked closed. They promptly let me know. I was able to rebook with somebody else and get a really good rate. And I am very grateful. Shout out to Greystone Hotels. But specifically, use Hotel Tonight. 
You can sign up now and enter Alcook61 and someday when you end up booking, you will save on your first booking. Also, someday when everyone is virus free and things are more cleared up, feel free to get a massage at your house or a hotel or wherever using the app called Soothe, which I love and swear by. I probably won't be getting massage for a while. I'm already a little bit of a germaphobe and all of this has really just brought that out in me. So in the meantime, in between times, you can use LZ, LRZ, and save someday when you are willing to book a massage, you brave, brave soul. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. There's a lot of laughs. Um, and we really get into the craft of acting and some of modeling and industry stuff. And I am so grateful that Margot was on this episode. If you're a brand, you can also hear how she would like to work with brands and what she cares about. Thanks. Enjoy. And um, please do stay socially distanced and, and let this be a lesson for us all about how viruses work and perhaps a good time to reflect on our values and systems. I don't know if you've ever seen the glitter example, but they work a lot like glitter. So wash your hands, take note from places that have handled this better than other places. Enjoy our conversation. Thanks for your toleration. Ed, we're starting, okay. Hey, welcome to BTS Podcast. This is your host, Lene Cook, and today I have on Margot Brooke to talk about the behind the scenes of what she does, which is modeling and acting and being one of my best friends. It's a tough job. <laughs> Such a tough job. <laughs> so Margot and I met a long time ago, like 10-ish years ago, I think, 11 or 12 years ago, maybe, mm -hmm. um, when we were both baristas at Starbucks. <laughs> And she was still modeling. You've been, wait, how, when did you start modeling? When I was nine. So oh, wow. 98. A lifetimer. No, 99. <laughs> 99. 99. Um, and was that when you were living in Georgia? Yes, I was living in Georgia. And my mom had got me signed with this agency that is probably not around anymore, but it was called Arlene Wilson. Mm -hmm. It's a kids modeling agency. Okay. And did you, I mean, at that age, what kind of stuff were you doing? Uh, it was a lot of like Target Sunday newspaper ads, like all of my things from when I was worse. Ugh, all of my things from when I was a child are in like literally the newspaper. Oh, so cute! <laughs> yeah, and I did like I think the most exciting thing I did was for Neiman Marcus. It was a an editorial, and they dressed me up like Cinderella. And I had oh, like a little so broom, fun. and I had like dirt on my face. <laughs> I was like, okay, high fashion Cinderella for That's, like a nine year old. Oh, I love that. <laughs> And then, and then you and your parents, or your mom moved, or yeah, your parents moved to Costa Rica. Yeah, all three of us moved to Costa Rica when I was 12. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, were you still modeling there, or was there not really options no. for that? No modeling in Costa Rica. Just childhood? Yes, just childhood. Okay. Yeah. And then you came back to the States and kept modeling. Yeah, when I was 15, I signed with an agency in Orange County. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... I've seen you grow a lot as a model and then start acting also over the years. And I've also, one of the reasons I asked Margot to be on is also because she's like very level-headed. Like I've never seen her uh, just sort of like lose her mind over her career, which is very easy to do when your career just revolves around you. <laughs> it's like a very weird thing. Um, so like, what do you feel like your mom or parents did to like help you just be reasonable? Um, that's a good question. I think, 
mean, my mom's always been super supportive and she just as a person is like a very positive person. I've never really seen her be negative much at all in my life, even when things were really hard. Um, so I think just her kind of always, when I would get upset about not booking something or something not going my way on set or whatever, she would always just kind of be there to be like, it's all good. Like you'll get more opportunities and at least this casting director or client or whatever got to meet you this time. So they'll think of you next time and like that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And also you hear over the years in modeling just that a lot of times for bookings and things they're like, oh, we need a girl. And they don't know who that girl is, you know, it's like until they see her, they might want a brunette, but then they're like, oh, that blonde girl fits the clothes better. And it's like, it has nothing to do about you as a person or a model or whatever. So once you like recognize that, it's a lot easier to kind of just brush it off your shoulders. That makes a lot of sense. Did you, while you were doing modeling as a teenager and throughout college, is that what you wanted to stick with or were there other things that you wanted to do? Well, while I was still in college, I was... Uh, flirting with the idea of getting a degree obviously that's why I was there and the whole time I was thinking psychology and then I took a statistics class and I was like definitely not psychology <laughs> and then I got into journalism and I really liked that I really liked writing human interest stories and doing uh, <clears throat> those specific kind of stories but then so many people just kept telling me over and over, there's no money in journalism. And I'm like, okay, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Which is sad because journalism, I think, is an amazing thing. Um, and it's really important. But people just kept discouraging me. So I was like, okay, maybe not journalism. Well, you still support it. You subscribe to The New Yorker. I do. I listen to The Daily every day. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and then I... In my my soul, like, you know, I'm a huge nerd, like, I like video games and stuff like that. So I was always like, oh, maybe I'll just get into coding and go work at Google. <laughs> but I just never, I never actually took a coding class, so that made it kind of difficult. That does make it difficult <laughs> to then also get hired as a coder. Yes, yes. It's like a nice, it's one of the things where you're like, oh, it'd be so cool to do that. Yes. And then when you realize what the that is, you're like, well, maybe it's a nice idea. I respect people who do it. Yes. Exactly. Um, and then a couple of years ago, you started to pursue acting, mm -hmm. which I was excited by because I'd never heard you talk about it before. And as your friend, it's been very cool to see you just sort of like, I, I don't know, you've never been uptight, but like I've definitely seen it like impact the way that you navigate life. And I feel like you allow yourself to have more fun now. Oh. <laughs> and like before you started taking acting classes I'd never heard you like crack a joke before oh my god really <laughs> that's yeah. so embarrassing I mean you would say funny things but you've definitely got a lot funnier since you started oh. acting well that's good to hear what has that transition been like for you um, or I guess balance because you're doing both yes less modeling now but yeah um, it's, been, it's been really exciting honestly because I've been modeling for so long I feel like it kind of became second nature to me like when I would go on set it was kind of like I knew exactly what to do every single time and it just kind of felt like I was an autopilot and mm -hmm. like it's, it's always nice to like meet new people and discover new places and all of that but the actual like posing and all of that it just gets kind of repetitive in modeling I feel like so I was kind of losing my drive for it so acting when I started it I started going to school at John Ruskin in Santa Monica about six years ago and it was just so new and so foreign that it was just really exciting and 
I remember the first class, he just started asking like all of us these really kind of personal questions, but not like, not too personal, but just something that would open you up. Mm-hmm. And everyone was crying. And I was just like, this is so weird to just cry in front <laughs> of every, like these people I don't know and everyone's cool with it. And actually it's like what you want to be doing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was really cool and exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. So let's like back up a little bit. So when you started acting, did you already have representation for acting? Not not theatrical. I did for commercials. So I had I'd always through modeling done like a little bit of commercial acting here and there. But right. that's like walking across the street and smiling. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, no theatrical at that point. And so what was it like for you as you started to look for a theatrical agent? Um, for me, it was a little bit easier just because my uh, commercial agency started a theatrical development division while I was with them. Mm-hmm. So I got really fortunate in that sense where they kind of just sent out a, a blast email and was like, hey, if any of you are looking to do more theatrical like TV uh, and film work, we're starting a development uh, division and if you want to join, we'll take you on. So it was... And it's really hard, I feel like, for actors in the beginning because a lot of agencies don't want to develop actors. They just want people that already have credits and right. a, a resume and a reel and all of that stuff. Um, so I got kind of fortunate in that regard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was it? Because when you're starting off as an actor, but you have a, like a pretty established modeling career, I imagine you're put in the situation sometimes where you have to choose one over the other like you know so you can you have bills like Mm -hmm. your parents don't support you Mm -hmm. like so how was that for you like adjusting to the idea of like taking these smaller jobs was that difficult for you sort of like emotionally or was that did it seem like fine and normal I think I mean, when I started acting, modeling was going really well for me. So I kind of had a savings and a consistency. So it wasn't too stressful for me in Mm -hmm. that regard. And yes, acting pays almost nothing when you're starting out. Like it's like a hundred bucks a day, (laughs) which I mean, compared to, that's a lot, but compared to modeling, it's, it's much less. I mean, but it's not a lot because you make more than that being a barista. Yes, yes. So it's like a lot in terms of, oh, it's cool that you're at least making money. But I think you and I only think that way because of the amount of things we've seen where like people just aren't getting paid at all, mm-hmm. where people are showing up for like passion for a project or whatever, which is great. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like that's really hard when you also need money. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. So me, for me, I, I again, I'm a, I'm a little lucky in that, that I had modeling to kind of support me while I was transitioning into acting um, because it is it's it's hard but I I really I in the beginning I did a lot of student films I did a lot of short films and all of that stuff doesn't pay ever so yeah and if it is it's deferred you never get it so <laughs> what does deferred mean does that just mean like when it comes out when it comes out and like if they end up selling the film you'll get a little bit on the back end but like for a student short film like that never happens right so it's like deferred is like Never gonna get paid, right. but maybe you'll get a couple bucks <laughs> one day. Um, but yeah, I just I was taking everything I could get, even if the script wasn't great or whatever. Like I just wanted to work. I wanted to like 
practice my acting and get comfortable being on set and in that environment that was so new to me. So I was really just kind of going at it no matter what the money situation was. That's me. awesome. That's really cool. Have you found, this is something that I like, oh, I forgot to mention at the start of this. Also, I would venture to say that Margot's also like technically an influencer. Oh God. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite word. <clears throat> um, so that was something that didn't exist as a thing when you first started. Mm. Like before the idea of being popular on social media and stuff, you could just be a normal person on social media. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like that starts being sort of braided in and attached to your career and vice versa. So how, like, how did you go about dealing with that? And like, how did you go about like finding someone to represent influencer things? Because if I'm, well, you got like a big boost in followers from the face. I did. Which I forgot about <laughs> until this moment. I was hoping you'd forget about it entirely. Oh, well, <laughs> listeners, you can Google it if you want. The point is, is that there was an influx of followers for Margot. <laughs> Reality TV will do that for you. Yeah, but you were good on it. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, it was very cute. <laughs> it was like, of the reality TV shows, it is one of like the harmless, like benign, and also Coco's so lovely. Like who can want to watch her? It's true. She She's was. wonderful. She is wonderful. So after that, like how did that sort of change your career and what you were doing? And then also how did that change the way you dealt with digital and your phone? I think once, yeah, I got that big influx of followers, that's kind of around the same time when brands started being like, oh, this is something we can capitalize on. And it was really great in the beginning. And honestly, like a lot, a lot of influencers were just like getting free stuff and we were stoked. Like no one was getting paid to post <laughs> at that point. You know, it's just like, oh, you want this free shirt with our brand name on it? We're like, yeah, send it over. It's just like right. stuff you never want, you know, but everyone was excited because this is like the new world that we live in. But as time, you know, moved on, it became much more a part of, at least for the modeling side, fashion and influencing is very connected now. And I feel like everything, even the runway shows, they're all broadcast on Instagram or Facebook. And so just navigating like that has been weird because it's like, oh, I, they want me to post this jacket. And, I, and for me, I really like to support brands that I would actually wear. Like yeah. if someone wants me to because I've been uh, hit up about those like diet teas and stuff like that. And they pay a lot of money, but I never post about that because I don't think it's like good for people to take yeah. detox Which, teas yeah. and stuff. It's like laxatives basically. So if I like the brand, I'll support it. And yeah, the, the added money is nice. And, and now almost every modeling agency that exists has like a social media manager kind of built in that does all of their brand deals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And have you found it... I know everyone deals with sort of having more followers than the average person differently. And I have some friends that have had a really hard time with it where they feel like they're getting like sort of emotionally sucked like by the amount of DMs and stuff like that. Has your experience been mostly positive or have you like what do you do to also just not be on your phone all the time? Because I think that's an easy thing for people to do mm -hmm. is to get super sucked into like all of the ongoing engagements and conversations they could be having. I would say 
I mean, I am on my phone all the time, <laughs> so I'm not the best at managing that, to be completely honest. I put the little, like, timer thing on that's supposed to, like, cut you off of your social media after, like, a couple hours, and, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I don't have a lot of followers in the influencer sense. Like, I have friends that have 600,000, or, yeah, 600,000 to, like, a million or over followers, so me having, like, just shy of 90,000, I'm like, it's not that bad. I don't get, like, obnoxious amounts of DMs, maybe, like, 25 a day that aren't, like, my friends, you know? So, mm -hmm. and I rarely ever get creepy ones, so. Really? Yeah, I, I really don't. It's mostly, like, mostly women, and if it's a guy, it's either just about whatever I posted about or maybe a... a marriage proposal every now and then <laughs> but yeah I haven't gotten like I'm pretty lucky with my DMs that situation. is really lucky yeah because yeah a lot of people get but I guess it's also and this is by no means me like uh victim shaming but I think the people I know that get more uh just like gross dude DMs are usually people that like a lot of their stuff is swimwear or lingerie yes. and like you don't really post like physically sexy stuff as no. much. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that helps for sure. Yeah, because that does really unfortunately open you up to a bunch of creeps and I think a yeah. lot of people are put in really tricky positions where that's also the content that they get the most engagement on. Mm -hmm. So you're getting both positively and negatively like well both positive and negative consequences yes. of posting that where it's like oh great that was like the best performing photo and I got a ton of new followers and then also I noticed that most of those followers are creeps yeah yeah so unfortunately I mean <laughs> I think for me like I in in my own opinion I feel like I have the body of like a 12 year old boy so it doesn't look that great in swimwear so hence I don't post <laughs> swimwear that often well I think just also when you're thin people don't sexualize you in the way that they do when you have like a butt and boobs yes it's no, a very it's... different kind of party mm -hmm. like you're not getting people that are like pervier mm -hmm. you're mostly probably getting like a lot of women who just like your body as yes. a woman who you know because there's a lot of like body coveting amongst women mm -hmm. with each other and also my following it honestly i haven't ch it hasn't changed in years like i've had almost ninety thousand followers for like five years that's hysterical it will not really. go up and if anything it goes down like i just did that j balvin music video and my friend was like you're gonna get like fifty thousand followers from that and i'm like well he's not tagging me so i doubt it i think i gained maybe like 20. <laughs> he's got 36 million followers that's insane well yeah. actually let's talk about that so you've done a lot of music videos i've done many a music video. do you like doing music videos i love doing music videos i think it's so fun there's honestly. a fun fact about margot that the world should know and it's that <laughs> She really wants to be a singer. Oh, it's so true. And I didn't know this about her until I asked her recently. And I wish she would just do it. But it must be fun then to like be a part of music projects because you are a big music fan. Yes, it is. I What Lene is not telling you is that I cannot sing it's at so all. True. It's so true. <laughs> I do. I sing all the time in my car, in my shower, and I listen to music nonstop. Pretty much like my Spotify is insane. Um, but... Yeah, being involved in music videos is really fun for me. And I've gotten pretty lucky with the music videos that I've done where I've actually liked the artist and the song in particular. I don't mm -hmm. think there's been one where I've been like, God, I have to listen to this all day. Like, it's been really yeah. fun every time and really 
good creative music videos that are interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, you just reminded me about, uh, I think the first music video I remember you being in was that Britney Spears video. Oh, yeah. Which was very exciting. Work bitch. <laughs> you can find Margot. <laughs> just look up the work bitch video and look for the girl with the Beats by Dre, like, Bluetooth speaker in her mouth. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> ball gag, speaker gag situation. It's very interesting. Um was I just thinking about? I just did have a question for you. Oh, so you've always been like fairly confident and this is like a tough industry to stay confident in. And as your friend, I feel like a lot of that comes from you enjoying alone time. How have you sort of balanced like staying social and being social in the way that like when you're in entertainment, people always tell you you're supposed to be social with also making sure that you have, that you're like doing the work to be ready for stuff. Like, is that difficult for you or is that pretty easy for you? Um, it's a little difficult for me in a sense that like, I'm extremely introverted, like nine times out of 10, I will want to be by myself then hang out with other people, including my friends, honestly. Um, I've had so many times where my friends are like, we're doing this tonight, come out. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't, I got something going on. And I'm literally just sitting at home watching Netflix by myself. I don't know that why. That is something going on. It is something, yeah. Um, so for me, as far as work goes, prioritizing my, I kind of almost like it better now that I'm acting, because if I have a scene or something and I've got like six to ten pages to memorize and my friends are like, hey, we're doing this tonight, I have like a real excuse now where I'm like, I can't, I've got these pages to memorize and I've really got to get in the zone for the, my audition tomorrow. So if anything, it's just kind of helped me be more introverted. Um, but yeah, at the same time, you do need to socialize and kind of go to those industry events and stuff, which I like doing. Like I like getting dressed up. I like meeting new people and I don't mind small talk, honestly. So mm -hmm. if anything, it's, it's kind of fun for me. And I love, and I love meeting new people. That's the thing. Like this is sort of unrelated to what we're talking about kind of, but like, as you know, I've been single um, for a while now and I've been going on like so many days. She says a while. It's been like a year. That's a long time, at least for me. <laughs> It's a really long time, but I've been going on like a million dates. Like you don't even know. I'll I'll, I'll book out like four dates That's for the insane. week. That's insane. Yeah. Which, okay. So as her friend, I would have never brought this up on my own. But as her friend, every time I ask her if she's busy and then she's going on a date, it's insane to me because dates are like they make me itchy. Like the idea, <laughs> I'm allergic to them. I really, I don't know if I've been on more than like three to four dates in my entire life. What? Yeah, I just don't really. I mean, and if you're listening to this and you've taken me on a date and I'm not <laughs> counting it, my apologies, but I'm nearly certain I've gone on no more than five dates ever. And wow. so I just don't know how you do it. Like that sounds awful to me. Like, absolutely horrible. I, lo I love a first date. I really do. Honestly. Even if, like, because, you know, half the time I'm meeting these guys on, like, dating apps or whatever. And uh -huh. so they walk in, and I'm very particular about, like, someone's voice. Like, if I don't yeah, like their same. voice, it's an instant off for me. Yeah. But I'm still like, okay, I'm going to, like, get to know this person for the next hour and a half, two hours, whatever. That's and have so a nice drink. of you. Yeah. And because I, I, I will not meet up for more than coffee. Oh, no. I'm always, like, drinks. Drinks or dinner, for sure, but... You're probably the only person I go to dinner with. Aw, I'm flattered. I'm serious. Most people, I'm like, no, I'm fine. 
Like, let's just hang out at your house. I don't want to go out to dinner. I or love like going to dinner. Even by myself. I go to dinner by myself all the time. I would literally rather make food at home or just not eat. Like, <laughs> because I just don't. Yeah, I rarely go out to dinner with anyone. So interesting. Yeah. We're so different in that way. I know. You really <laughs> take me out of my shell. Which is funny because, so like, she's so introverted that yesterday she made me talk to a tow truck driver to make sure we weren't going to get towed from where we were parking. She was like, I don't know. I just, can you just go talk to him? So it's funny to me that you like going on dates I uh I, I mean the date situation I feel like more in control I guess it's like it's like I'm going on a date but when you have to like talk to people in those kind of situations like when I was a kid and like the waiter would come to take our order oh yeah I made my mom Sheer order panic. for me every totally. time I was like I can't like I would hide behind her and if she'd ask me what I wanted like whisper it to my mom and she would whisper it to the waiter like that those kind of interactions still make me uncomfortable do you feel like dating, because you are a model, so mm-hmm. obviously you're attractive for listeners who didn't know. <laughs> she is. Thank you. Um, but do you find dating tricky? Do, like, do you find that men treat you like an object and not like a human? Um, no. No, and I think, honestly, I think that has a lot to do with the guys that I choose to go on dates with. Mm-hmm. Like, I really... And it's hard on dating apps especially because there are so many guys and there are so many douchey guys. But I feel like you can really tell from photos at least. Yeah, Maybe agreed. I have a good sense of reading it. I don't so know do I. I've does. never been wrong about someone. Yeah. Like Ever. If I look at a guy's photo, I'm like, God, that guy's really cute. But he's 100% like either not very smart or values things that like, I don't know, yachts and yeah. money clips. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like some just something like that. So it's just I feel like the guys that I choose to go on dates with are kind of like you said, what you pictured. Right. You know? Like and similar values and similar priorities. values, yeah. And I mean I don't I don't like to talk a lot to someone before I go on a date. Like if if we match, I won't message them more than like a couple times. I'll be like let's go out like tomorrow really yeah because I don't like the build-up because sometimes you talk to someone on an app or something for so long and you're like oh, I really like this person and then the second you meet them in person you know that you're they're not right for you you know yeah so I'd rather just like get out of the way like one time I matched with this guy and I instantly was like you want to get dinner like right now and he was like I just ordered food but I we, I can meet you there and I'll just eat it there and I was like okay and then yeah went on the you're date. crazy I know <laughs> He was wearing sweatpants. I was like, this is great. <laughs> Incredible. Um, you've also somehow managed, which I'm impressed by, to like avoid being involved in like controversial campaigns or things like that. Like, is that, do you, like, do you vet projects before you work on them? Like, do you, have you ever spoken up when you felt like something was like not okay that you were working on? Like, how have you managed to not have to like deal with any of that um I think I've gotten kind of lucky in that I haven't been exposed to too many campaigns like asked to do too many campaigns like that I will say a couple times I've been asked to do cigarette uh or like vaping commercials which is like I mean I'm very anti-smoking and I would never uh do them just because I don't want to promote something like that but it's so hard because they pay so much money like so (laughs) much money like oh my god Turning them down every time, I'm like, I wouldn't have to work for like three months if I just did this one vaping oh, commercial, wow. you know? You're but a better person than I am. I can't, I can't, I can't support it. It's like, it's too bad for people. So, yeah, that's it's hard. Fair. That's yeah. very good of you. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> I, 
I think I'd probably be the same way with alcohol. Like I won't really. I've done many an alcohol commercial. Yeah, but I enjoy alcohol. So. Right, and I like. I guess to me, like, it's not alcohol. I have a problem with. It's sort of like the drinking culture mm-hmm. that I have a problem with. Like mm-hmm. I hate how I've seen so many people think that like that's what being an adult is is like mm-hmm. going out for drinks all the time. Yes, and like getting wasted, and like that's what people interpret college as. And I think that it's just like super unhealthy when people are told that their entire lives mm-hmm. and so and i have had a lot of friends who've struggled with alcoholism and i've seen friends die from it and so for me that one's just like more brutal but yeah probably probably if i got the opportunity to do like a vaping or like cigarette i i, I would like emotionally struggle with it for sure i don't think i would ever just be like yeah let's philip morris here i come <laughs> I like stuff like I don't know. I keep seeing those like awful vaping posts of like seventeen-year-olds with like pneumonia and like all this shit. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I can't promote that. That's awful. Well, and so to my understanding, a good friend of mine is like very into the chemistry behind all that. And to my understanding, a lot of the ones that have like the ones that have been making people sick are the ones that people have been like importing from overseas that aren't like vetted. Mm-hmm. But isn't it like Juul? Like Juul's been a lot of it, I think. Yeah. Well, also, I could just be thinking of, like, the cannabis ones, because I mm. could care less about nicotine. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not something... I don't even think I have any friends that, like, vape nicotine. I think everyone I know who vapes does it with cannabis. Oh, really? Yeah, maybe a few here and there. But I guess I just... I'm less so worried about that. I know it's yeah. all vaping that it's causing it, but, like, yeah, I still I still vape can- cannabis every once in a while. Well, yeah. Very, very sparingly, but... Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I have no idea. <laughs> Um, what else did I want to ask you? How's dating been with the type of work that you do? Well, I haven't had a serious relationship. I mean, other than my last relationship, was, which was very serious. But he also worked in film, so he was, like, very understanding in yeah. that sense. And, like, he would help me with my auditions and all of that. So it was never an issue with him. But in the past, I guess, even before him when I would do music videos and stuff, I would notice that guys would get like a little jealous sometimes if I had to do like a kissing scene or something like that so when I get into again not that I've been in one but if I were to get into a relationship I definitely make it very kind of clear in the beginning like hey this is what I do and I have to like sometimes do these things and that's obviously more when the relationship gets a little more like serious you don't bring that up like the first day like are you cool with me having a sex scene with this guy right like (laughs) But again, it's kind of like the same thing when you're looking at photos or whatever. I feel like you get a sense of people's values. And I think the people that I'm attracted to are generally more down to like earth and Mm -hmm. aren't the jealous type. Mm -hmm. Um, So it hasn't really been an issue for me. And when it comes to working and like, I don't know, booking work and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen you... Another reason I asked you to be honest, you have like an incredible work ethic. Like, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it like reminds me, and I every Scorpio I know has like a really good work ethic. Oh. And so, um, like, what is your sort of normal week like? Because I know you take acting classes, but then you do other things to like, um, like my acting teacher Crystal is awesome, and every week she asks us like, what have you done for your career this week? So like, what do you do on an ongoing basis for your career? Um. I mean, acting class is, like, a big thing. And I try to take a lot of different kinds of acting classes. So I'll do, like, 
audition technique workshop or the casting director workshop or I'll do scene study or the last one I did was a character study. So I try to do like a lot of different kinds of classes just so I'm like well-rounded and I like going with um, learning from a bunch of different teachers as well just to know different styles. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like the casting director workshops in general because those are the people that are casting you so you really get a sense of like what they're looking for in the room and like also, they tell you kind of all of the freedoms that you can have in the room that you wouldn't think about. So, Ooh, I, like what? Like I, I took a um, a class with Coco Kleppinger, and she told us this story. I don't remember which actor it was um, for some big movie, and she was the reader because she's a casting associate for a bigger. I think his name is Rich D'Elia. Yeah, the one that she's the associate for. But um, in one audition, the actor came in and he was like, "Hey, can you sit like?" really close to me and can I put my hand on your leg at one point which like to those of you that aren't familiar with a casting a normal like casting situation you're usually like pretty far away from the reader and they're next to the camera and you're kind of just talking to them from a distance so to be like in like touch distance is really strange kind of yeah. but the fact that you can ask for that is really cool and I never would have thought that and it probably helps a lot for certain scenes especially totally. more like intimate scenes so stuff like that is really cool to learn. That was yeah. just like one of many things I learned. What else do you do for your career? Um, my manager's really been on me about learning accents. <laughs> oh, really? Laura and I are practicing some tonight at dinner. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God. It's the bane of my existence. Like, I hate it. I, I can do a southern accent pretty well. Yeah, you lived in Georgia. Growing no up in no the one's South. impressed. Sorry yeah. to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised. It's hard for some people to do No, a I mean, accent. like, you lived there, though. Yes. So, like, you should be able to. Yes, fair enough. At least I can do that one. But, like, yeah. I had to do an audition a couple weeks ago where I had to do a British accent and luckily it was only like I don't know five lines or something but I feel like I did a pretty good job but I had my manager ask someone um, like a British person that he knew to like record the lines for me mm. and then I just listened to them like over and over again and practice them so I'll do that and I'll watch like YouTube videos and stuff but mostly that and then I do a lot of stuff to keep me kind of grounded outside of acting mm -hmm. so like I rock climb and I do jujitsu which you know because you've done it with me yes um but yeah I think I think it's equally as important to do hobbies and stuff that is like outside of your career because mm -hmm. acting can be kind of all-consuming and I feel like the more you focus on it the more you can kind of get uh stressed out about it yeah so I kind of just try to like do my work and then when I'm done like completely go do something else to kind of like clear my head because it is like very emotional and can you can kind of stay in those states longer, I feel yeah. like. So it's important to like have your other hobbies. Definitely. And as far as representation goes, like, you know, over the years I've seen you switch agencies and, and get a manager because I don't think you had a manager when we first met. Mm -mm. How have you navigated that and like what are some things you learned along the way? Um, I, I mean, honestly, like when they say it's all about who you know in this business, it's kind of true, which is kind of shitty to hear honestly <laughs> but like I met my manager because I knew this modeling uh agent uh his name's Scott Lips he also has a podcast um but he owns Lips uh, model management and he 
we had coffee and I was like, oh yeah, I'm looking for a manager, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I just met with this guy, Mike Gillespie, he owns Brave Artist Management. I could like set you up with a meeting. And I was like, oh, that would be amazing. And so I met with Mike and he was wonderful. And we had like an hour long conversation, which is really rare in like these kind of situations. You're just like, hey, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And then you leave, you know? Yeah. But then um, he was super cool, but he didn't take me right away because I didn't have anything. I didn't have credits really or a reel. And I was filming Legion at the time. And he was like, come back um, and meet with me after Legion and you get a reel together and we'll talk. So after I got all the footage from that and a bunch of other, a couple other things that I'd done, I went back and then he signed me with his partner, Eric Kine. So it was like a little bit of a process. It probably took like four months total to like get signed with him. But what does your agent do in terms of like theatrical and then what does your manager do your manager is kind of your day-to-day point person and like legally they can't do any of your contract work so your agent does all of that and your agent and your manager can both get you auditions like I get I get more self tapes usually from my manager and uh, more in-room auditions from my agent but if I book something all of that will be dealt with by the agent like the contract and the travel mm-hmm. and all of that stuff um, and then if let's say I'm on set and something goes wrong like I don't know I get sexually harassed who knows one I would call SAG that's what they would want me to say and two <laughs> uh, I would call my manager first probably over my agent because he's the person that I can call like at any point during the day right. I can really call my agent at like three in the morning he would be pissed yeah but definitely. my managers he's more like my friend I guess Okay. And my confidant. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, with music, um, if I remember correctly, management normally, like, they take care of merch and they take care of, like, partnerships and stuff like that. If I were that famous, yes, Eric would probably take care of all of those things. <laughs> but then, like, what does Eric do right now? Like, he gets you self-tapes, mm-hmm. but then... So, like, the man... He, he got me all of my meetings with my agents. Oh, so, like, when I okay. signed with Buckwald... Well, Buckwald I got through a friend, actually, who works at Buckwald. Um, but uh, he got me from all of my... I just switched commercially. So, he got me a meeting with, like, Lemon Lime and DMP and um, Abrams. And so, he, he set all those meetings up for me. So, that's yeah. another thing that he would do job-wise. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, that was... Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like your mother agent in modeling. Like, he's got all the connections, so he makes all the introductions kind of a thing. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's read interviews with, like, models or any sort of talent, regularly a theme is, like, people think it's so glamorous, but it's not. And granted, you get to do really cool stuff. Like, you've gone on amazing trips to different places. Uh, That has also set you to have to, like, be shooting something in the freezing cold for, like, six hours Mm -hmm. or more. Um, (laughs) so like, do you find that people treat you differently or like your life is super easy because you model and like, what do you have to say about that? Yes. In a sense, people assume that my life is like really easy, Mm -hmm. um, and glamorous and stuff. But like you said, there are so many times where I've been like, in New York in the winter in a bikini on a rooftop and it's like everyone else is wearing like down jackets yeah Yeah. and I'm just like I'm not cold at all you know and you cannot complain in modeling it's like not it's a thing like you you can't ever complain yeah so you just kind of have to like suck it up which I think has been kind of good and that like it's made me really tough 
to a degree, but also like it has helped me learn to like stifle my emotions, which is not good. And I feel like acting is sort of like help me unleash un- that. Un- yeah, unwind all yeah. of that. Well, you also don't get the ability to have a sick day, right? Because there's an entire set of people yeah. who are literally there depending on you to do your job and show up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just remember you were shooting in Seattle one time <sighs> and you stayed with yeah. me and you had gnarly food poisoning. Yeah. Like, really bad food poisoning. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of the uh, you know poor choices of many other people who are considered talent, uh, if you have food poisoning, people will just probably assume you've been partying and you're hungover. Yes. Is the assumption. Yes. Even if you really have food poisoning. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know you well enough to know that, like, anytime you've ever had a shoot, I've never, you're always like, I can't go out tonight. I have a shoot tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. you're very diligent about that. Um, but I'm pretty sure you told me that that client never hired you again because yes. you were like, yeah, well, I was hunched over and puking the entire shoot. Like, yeah. It was that good old meat and cheese platter on JetBlue. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking to begin with, honestly. Um, But yeah, I mean, I got, I started feeling sick at like midnight, which at that point it's like too late to call anyone and tell them how I'm feeling. And I did text someone saying that I was feeling like I was going to be sick or whatever. And then around like 7 a.m. I think I called again because I'd been like throwing up all night and they were like, well, we could get someone else if you're like, sure, you, you can't do it. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to like go. Yeah. But then it was it was that kind of feeling where I felt like they all just thought I was hungover or like, and I had gone partying or whatever the night right. before, which is impossible because I landed at like 10 o'clock at night. Also impossible because really what is there to do in Seattle? <laughs> I lived there for five years, I promise you, nothing. But yeah, I even, I stayed and I did the entire shoot. I did have to take like an hour long nap in the middle because I just physically could not stand up anymore at one point because I felt so sick. But yeah, they never hired me again. How sad. I know. That's happened to me twice where I was just like, I got food poisoning and I stuck it out and it just didn't pay off. So I don't know. Maybe the lesson is just if you get food poisoning, just don't do the shoot. I don't know. Have you ever had food poisoning and then and then they hired you again? No. No. Okay. But I've only that's only happened twice. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it happened twice or like you've gotten food poisoning 10 times between no. the times no oh, hired God, you again. No. I, it's, food poisoning is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only happened twice. Um, I'm trying to think. So what do you like... How do you want the next, like, what's sort of on your, are you a goal setter? Do you set goals? I do, yeah. I actually have a passion planner. I don't know if oh, you know what that true. is. that's true. I do know <laughs> what that is, and I see her do it regularly. I'm obsessed. I think it's something that everyone should do, honestly, because I, I always, I've always had goals, but it was really hard to kind of stay, like, focused and persistent with, like, keeping track of them until I got this planner. And I feel ridiculous carrying around a planner with, like, highlighters and stuff like that. But it really does keep you kind of, if anything, just, like, Mm self-aware, which I like. I like being able to see how I spent my time. It's like, oh, I spent four hours playing video games that day? Jesus. Like, you need to chill out on the video games, you know? Mm -hmm. Or... At the end, there's like a reflection. So you talk about like things you can improve on for next month. And I can see like what I spent my time on and what I should probably not spend my time on or, you know, work on more the next month. So definitely deep into the goal setting. Do you care to enlighten me on what some of those goals are? Or not just me, I wish I had my listeners. passion planner to look at. Well, I guess specifically career goals. Like what's sort of next for you? Okay. Oh, is this starting? <laughs> do, I, do it again? No, I'll just go. Actually, it's kind of cute. I might leave it. <laughs> um, what's next for me? Uh, I mean, right now, my 
my goal is to get on a TV show as a series regular. Like, that's what mm. I really want. Because that's the only kind of form of consistency that there is in acting, is if you get on a TV show and you just yeah. keep working on that show. And so I would really like to do that. Other than that, book a lead role in, like, a, a TV show... Or, sorry, a, a film. Um, I book a lot of supporting roles because I'm usually the, like, the evil one. Or yeah. the... Um, You're usually, like, the, the bitchy yeah. type. Yeah. Which is hysterical because you're not I know. at all. <laughs> it's like, it's of, the haircut. Of the two of us, I am like the l- less nice one. Yeah. No. Well, you didn't have to agree with that so strongly, no, no, no. but that's I was, okay. I was having another thought in my head when you said that. I wasn't agreeing with you. I apologize. No, I, but I, it's true. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying, uh, my, I was answering my question in my head was like, I'm the female antagonist almost always, which right. by definition is usually a supporting role. Yeah. Um, which is badass. Like you've oh, got I to love do some it. really cool stuff. I love it. Like I, I don't have a problem playing supporting, but it would be fun just as like a, a self awareness experiment I don't know to like be the the nice girl in something so um yeah I would like to do that but yeah right now I'm taking literally any work I can get but m- because I'm with this new agency and this manager they're specifically pushing me for series regular roles and like occasionally guest stars but whereas before I was going out for more co-star roles mm. and they're like they're like series regular bust so it's like a lot less opportunities and a lot higher stakes which is kind of stressful yeah but ultimately a much higher reward so that's kind of why I'm like sticking it out yeah that's great yeah is there anything like specific that you want to talk about that you wish that like other people knew about being an actor or a model or an influencer or just like whether they're on not in the industry or if they're like aspiring to be in the industry I would say for people that are aspiring, because I get asked quite a lot about like, how should I get started in modeling or acting or whatever. For modeling, I would say just get some photos, some nice photos of you like really natural and like present them and just be yourself, honestly, because a lot of times when you book stuff, it is your look, but it's also your personality. And you wouldn't think that as much in modeling because you're not talking or anything, but it really is like, and the same with acting, it's called like hang factor. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how many people get booked off of their hang factor because yeah. people don't want to spend all day with someone who's like kind of eccentric or like uh, just like a lot to handle, you know? Like yeah. they want someone who's not going to give them like a hard time or is going to be like too energetic, you know? It's like yeah. you can really just be a chill, cool person, like people will be drawn to that no matter what you're doing, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Well, and at the end of the day, like people who are hiring you want their jobs to be easier. Yes. So if you can show up and just not make their lives difficult, like Mm -hmm. you're really good about always being early or like you're always early. Yes, I am. I've never seen you be late. No. Which is, I'm sure, huge for the people that work with you because they're like, great, she's here, check. We don't have to wonder, is she showing up? Is she going to be 10, 15 minutes late? Like, mm-hmm. So. And if I am going to be late, I always call and tell them that I'm running late. Like, yeah. It just, I'm very, I kind of pride myself in my professionalism because I really hate inconveniencing other people because, I mean, we've all been inconvenienced by people and it sucks. And especially if you're on like, a clock where like their studio is only rented out from like 10 to 5 o'clock it's like if you're late then that's 
that amount of minutes that they can't use that space that they already paid for. You yeah. Know? So it's just like always being or running into respectful. the having to pay overtime when they wouldn't have needed to. Yes. Had everyone been on time. Mm-hmm. So as you know, this podcast is about the behind the scenes of really anything. What is something you would want to hear a future episode about? Ooh, I knew this question was coming and I'm not prepared. Honestly, because it's something, and I don't know if you've interviewed someone like this before, but I- How dare you not listen to every episode? (laughs) Go on. I grew up wanting to be a veterinarian Mm -hmm. and I would be so interested for you to interview a veterinarian because I know it's like, it's such a wonderful job to like save animals' lives, but part of being a vet is also ending them. Yeah. And I just, I I wonder how people deal with that because I I love animals so much. I can't imagine doing that part of the job. That's what, because I wanted to be a vet for a long time too growing up. And Mm -hmm. that was where I was like, wait, I'm going to have to put dogs down. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know about that. It makes me so sad just thinking about it. Yeah. At the same time, if I was old and suffering, I'd much rather be put down than just go out slowly. So yeah. I know. When you see those people that are like, their dogs are literally like wearing diapers and stuff. I'm just like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> My last dog was like, like just like bones and fur by the time oh. he died. And it was so sad. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It was hard. It was, and he lived for forever. He lived to be like 19. Oh my God. That's like, so old for a dog. so old. I was like, oh, it, why would I get a dog if I could just have raised a child by now? Yeah. Like you after like that experience. A child of legal age by then. Yeah. Could be contributing to the bills instead <laughs> of instead of just taking and taking. <laughs> Um, I can do a veterinarian. Do you like your vet? Should I have your vet on for Archer? Uh, Archer's her dog, by the way. I don't mean the cartoon. <laughs> yes, he's so cute. Um, I don't know my vet that well. Oh, like, how dare you? But I could, I could surely ask. If I they... mean, if you like them. But if there's any listeners who love their vet, or if you are a vet, hit mm-hmm. me up. I would love to talk to you about your work and uh, how you feel about the way people raise their animals. And, uh, and Margot and I are both scarred from having been baristas and the smell of like milk <laughs> on our clothes. So I just wonder how you feel about like the idea of going of like pet dander. Oh, right? Because oh, the like hair. Yeah, because you were just at Starbucks the other day and you <sighs> left and you were like, oh, I smell like I work there again. I can't do this. Yeah, I was there for an hour. My hair just reeked of coffee. I was like, it still does. <laughs> now it just smells like sweat from jujitsu. Mm, yum. <laughs> Yummy. The fresh smell of jujitsu. Other people's sweat. Shout out to Five Star Martial Arts. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, that good old thing called Instagram. Yes. At Margot Brooks. Do you still stream on Twitch? I don't. Oh, I don't. It's very time consuming. It is. Well, find her at Margot Brook on Instagram. Follow her. She's inspired many a uh, bangs haircut. That is true. It is true. That is true. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening and of thanks course. for being on. I, I really appreciate it. it. Yay. <laughs> so we have listener questions slash fan questions. Margot looks astonished. I didn't know we were recording. Horrified. <laughs> we are recording. Okay, got it. Good. So, and before we jump in, I do have one question, and it's really just because I've seen you do it, and I feel like we didn't cover it. You do, you work really hard to, like, be prepared. What are some of your checklist items before, I'm going to ask you the same question, one for castings and one for acting. So if you're going to a casting for modeling, mm-hmm. what are, like, the things that you do to prepare for that casting? Um, I mean, hair and makeup, obviously. And then I try to, if I don't know the brand, I'll look them up online or on Instagram or whatever, and I'll kind of see what their vibe is. So if it's like a bohemian brand, I'll try to dress bohemian because my style can be kind of like 
jeans and a t-shirt and like boots and that would be the complete opposite of bohemian you know so i try to like make them think that i'm what they want to cast before i even like try on their clothes because sometimes they don't even have you try stuff on so they don't really get to like see that side of you i guess Mm -hmm. and then for acting i mean that's a whole other thing it's like you get the sides which is like a short amount of lines that they give you for a scene and then i will memorize that by rote so i won't put any like emotion behind it or anything i'll do that first and i even have like a little journal where I will write all of my lines into like one big block of text um, without any punctuation or anything. And then I will go through and memorize it. And as I'm memorizing it, I'll highlight it um, until I end up highlighting the entire thing. Um, And then I have an app on my phone called Line Learner. And I will put like all the whole scene in there and you can play back just the other person's lines and then it'll like leave the space where your lines are like empty so that you can recite them. So I'll do that like over and over and over again. And that's when I'll start kind of playing with like how I want to say the line and stuff, which is hard because your reader could give you a totally different read than the one you recorded. Mm-hmm. But it's just like a way to kind of play with it and see like what you can do with it. And then same thing as modeling, like hair and makeup, although I usually go like way more minimal for acting because they really typically want to see you unless you're like, I don't know, a drug addict stripper, then maybe you go a little crazier with like the makeup and the accessories and the outfit and everything. Um, But I try to be as much like the character as possible looks wise. And do you research, like if you see the name of the casting director, do you research that also to like get to know who they are and like who they, you know, what kind of work they normally do? It depends. If it's for something kind of big, I typically won't because I think it makes me nervous, honestly, to see like, oh, this person also cast Dallas Buyers Club, like casual, you know, then I get like, especially if it's an in-person one, like I don't want to see what they look like because then when I see them in person, I feel like I get nervous. So it's just like, I kind of want to know less about the casting director personally Mm -hmm. especially because if it's an in-person one you never know if you're going to meet with them or they're like casting associate so if you build it up in your head like oh my god i'm going to meet the guy that casts like dallas buyers club and then you get there and you're like working with his assistant you can be like well why didn't he want to meet with me in person or like you like put all these things in your head you know so i just would rather not know anything (laughs) personally personally that makes sense yeah okay here's some questions Mariana.bg underscore 26 wants to know (laughs) what character you have made has been the most difficult to represent. So I guess what character has been the most difficult to represent? I haven't really had any super difficult characters to represent. Honestly, like in Legion, I was like kind of a hippies cult member and that was super fun and chill because she's literally like what's more chill than playing a hippie. It was just like so (laughs) laid back and it was like, yeah man everything's great like it was like that vibe and then in gabriel's inferno i play this girl named krista peterson who's just like a bitch basically and that's super fun to play so i had a blast doing that i mean it's difficult in the sense that like i have to like say mean things to this girl that's like really nice in person so afterwards i'm like i'm sorry i love you melanie like i didn't mean it but other than that like it's (laughs) it's not that difficult uh and then she also asked what did you think about the story that you represented in Rojo, which is the, like, for listeners who don't know, it's the J Balvin video that just came out. Oh, what was the question? Say it one more time. What did you think about the story that you represented? 
I mean, I thought it was a really beautiful story, honestly. Like, it's very emotional and like, yeah. like, oh, it's so sad. I mean, he dies and then she's got to raise this kid by herself and she's dating all these like terrible guys that don't have like her best interest at heart and he's like trying to shoo them away and she thinks she'll never find love and then it finally was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he puts her together with this single dad in the park. Like, it's so beautiful. Um, I love being a part of that and that that was actually kind of a difficult role to play because I've never, I don't, I'm not a mom at all so um, playing a mom was definitely like new for me and kind of challenging but kind of not because it is a music video so it's like you're you're only shooting things for like snippets of time but um yeah that was a lot of fun I really yeah. liked it the video made me cry I know it was, <laughs> it was brutal but it's beautiful <laughs> it's beautiful uh PGH Lauren wants to know where is somewhere you're dying to travel to Ooh. well right now with coronavirus nowhere but <laughs> um after all that's said and done, I really want to go to Japan. That's like my number one. Yes. I know. We might go together. I know. I can't <laughs> wait. I really hope we go. It's uh, really her birthday's on Halloween. And I really, yeah, we should, we're going to make it happen. I think, I think everything will be okay by then, hopefully. Maybe Japan will be safe. Maybe they won't want us. <laughs> yeah, oh, right? Man. So many options. So many options. Uh, okay. And then PGH Lauren also asked, is 33 too old to break into acting, asking for a friend? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so at all. I mean, as long as you do it the right way, like I would say, like get in class and like get a foundation and you can, I mean, there's roles for every age group. Like, I mean, I go to, even in modeling, I see models that are like probably in their sixties, like these mm. like stone cold Fox old women with like uh gray hair and they're like still gorgeous and there's still roles for them like i mean you see them in like dove commercials and stuff yeah. like that like you see every age group in every category of entertainment and and modeling. every look like i think about the i can't remember her name but the actress who had her breakout role at like 50 i want to say she's in her like early to mid 50s on handmaid's tale the one who plays the what are they called the aunt or whatever the, have you watched handmaid's yeah. tale so do you know the lady that's like in charge of them? Yeah. That woman, that was like her first like big role and she's been acting for forever. It wasn't? No. She's a huge actress. Wait, she I read an interview with her where she was like, Yeah, it was my first like major Unless I just watched like a lot of B level things because I've seen her a million times. Maybe that was like the first one that she felt. I don't know. Whatever. They, they did talk <laughs> to her. Maybe it's the biggest thing she's yeah, done. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. But I feel like I've definitely seen her. Maybe before. she works a lot. I mean, think about how many people, though, work a lot, but it's not like they're making like acting money, like the way that yeah. people consider acting money. Because you can be working regularly as an actor and be making like the same as like your peers with an office job and be making like 85 a year. Yeah. Which is still good. But it's not like when people are like, oh, you're an, a successful actor. I see you on TV shows, whatever. Maybe that was her first like big series regular right. role. Yeah, that, that must makes be sense, it. That yeah. makes Yeah. Yeah, that's her. I mean, but yeah, she, she's been acting forever, though. They say it takes like 10 years. That's like mm -hmm. the, the phrase in acting. It's the like, phrase. It takes 10 years to like make it. Um, and even like obviously some people don't after 10 years. But it's like it is. It's a really like slow grind I've, i'm at year six now so i got yeah. four more years to go um but yeah and then there's some people that show up in la and their first audition is for big bang theory and they that's what happened to I that mean, guy bully for them yeah 
nice making a million bucks an episode. Or was. I don't think it, that show's not around anymore, is it? Uh, I is don't it? know. I don't think it is. No. I think it's done. So let me see what else. Uh, Lauren had a lot of questions. Shout out to Lauren. Thanks for the participation. She Lauren asked, is a Gay Reels Inferno fan. Oh. Big supporter. Big time. Thanks Thank for you, the Lauren. love. <laughs> <laughs> she asked, uh, what's a dream role you'd like to play? A dream role. Ooh. I want to be not specifically a superhero, but just like in an action movie. Like Same. I want to like ride a motorcycle and shoot yes. guns and like beat the shit out of people, bad guys. Um, and wear a latex costume. And I mean. definitely wear a latex costume. Yes. <laughs> the dream. That is the dream. Yeah. I want to be a badass yeah. for sure. That's my dream role. Obviously, I there are like more, more serious roles I could choose that would be equally as fun. But like, I think that would be so fun. To Definitely, be a superhero yeah. of some kind. Yeah, yeah, like Agreed. Laura Croft or something. Yes, <laughs> Laura Croft. I think I really loved the sort of antiheroes in Deadpool. Oh like, yeah. To me, I was like, oh my gosh, the dream. Somebody hired me for that. Like it yeah. was so, and they're just so fun. Mm-hmm. And then, like, an I mean, that specifically would yeah, be really fun. Agreed. Yeah. As a redhead, I've always wanted to be Poison Ivy, also. Oh, you would be such a so good But she's not very Ivy. badass. She's just, like, hot, which is kind of boring. No offense. I it's mean, a- Uma Thurman was really hot in that yeah. movie. She was, but like, like, the, like, really evil. That's true. I should revisit it. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's a typical, typical day like for you? I feel like we kind of covered that already. Yeah. yeah. And then... Shout out to Courtney. We love Courtney. Oh, that's my roommate. Yeah, Courtney Page is awesome. You should uh, follow her on Instagram and support her films. She asked questions. Um, so, and I'm going to preface this with Margot does play video games. And Courtney was asking, do you like video games? And I think. <laughs> I do. I love video games. Like, but you're more of a computer game person. I am. I'm a PC gamer. I have a Nintendo Switch, but I don't play it that often. And I will play console if somebody has it. But I prefer, like, when I'm at home, I play on my PC. Yeah. What do you play? Overwatch, Destiny 2, a lot of Destiny 2. That's, like, my favorite game. I play this game called Dead by Daylight. <laughs> Where you play a serial killer and your goal is to oh, like kill the four survivors before they escape. Oh my god! It's so fucked up. Have you? My it. friend Wes <laughs> showed me this show, this movie called Voices. Have you watched that movie? No. You have to. It's sort of maybe you no, don't really don't realize know. it until you're a little bit. I didn't have any information on what it was on. He was just like, "You're gonna love this movie." You're not spoiling it, are you? Oh. Don't spoil it. Don't do it. It's. I'm sure if you Google it, it would tell you that it is. I don't want to read it. <laughs> It's good. Okay, it's I'll watch it. Serial killer adjacent is all I'm going to say. I like that. In, and there's like a good twist, sort of, but I not in the storyline, just in like the entire perspective of the story. What would you do if you didn't model or act? We did cover that, I think. <laughs> did maybe. we? Oh, maybe not. Were we talking? I think we were talking about that solo. Yeah, maybe we were. So why don't you oh. answer the question? Um, Jesus, so bossy. <laughs> oh, I meant to add like for listeners. <laughs> We soften the blow a little. <laughs> well, I yeah, Lene and I talked about this before. And I, like, growing up, I was like, I wanted to be, like, a coder at Google and just be, like, an extreme introvert. We did talk about this on the podcast. Did we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we Good. did. <laughs> okay. She also secretly wants to sing, which I think we may have also kept. I can't sing, It doesn't Lene. matter. Neither can I. But I'm singing on our record. So, ha. Ha. You go to karaoke, you can sing. I rap when I go to karaoke. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 
Next question. Courtney also asked, biggest career goal? I'd feel silly if I didn't say win an Oscar. <laughs> but for now, let's just stick, stick with uh, booking a series regular role. That's my current That's your career biggest goal. career goal, Margo. Oh, not biggest. Okay. Oh, biggest. Okay, sorry, I was thinking current. God, the tree people. <laughs> um, sorry, listeners, if you were buzzing. Oh, wait, there it is. Answer the Hurry oh. before they go. Oh. <laughs> I hope this is in the background. It'll be fine. Biggest career goal. Yeah, sure. Let's go with win an Oscar. Great. Why not dream big? And then she hits it really home with the next one. Biggest career regret. Regret? Yeah. Not starting sooner. With acting? With acting. Yeah. Fair. I was like so shy growing up. And I feel like one, that would have helped with my shyness a lot when I was younger. Yeah. And two, uh, probably would have done a lot of stuff by now. (laughs) Yeah, I feel you on that. So, yeah, not starting sooner. Yeah, I, if yes. You've, if you have an inkling that you want to do something, even if you're too afraid to do it, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Don't waste time. Nike's not fooling around yeah. uh, with their slogan. Uh, favorite <laughs> favorite movie? Favorite movie. Oh, um, I have so many favorite movies, but one of my all-time favorite movies is uh, Call Me By Your Name, for sure. Easily. Oh, yeah. I could watch that on repeat and never get well, bored of it. <laughs> what? Yeah, I agree. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. apricot juice, hot guys, I feel multiple languages. Yeah. So if you had to choose between Italy. if you had to choose between that and blue is the warmest color, which way would you go? Honestly, I would choose um, Call Me By Your Name. The okay. sex scenes in Blue is the Warmest Color are a little bit intense, like to watch over and over again. I'm like, why are they so long? They're so they long. And they're very so long. weirdly lit. That's fair. The rest of the movie is so like, warm and romantic, and then the, the sex scenes are like under fluorescent lights or something, and I'm like, what is happening? I should revisit it again. I yeah. haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> She also asked what a dream role is, which is what we, which we covered. And then Gabriel's Inferno Africa wants to know what inspires you. What inspires me? Honestly, as far as acting goes, other people's performances 100% inspire me. Like when I see a good actor or a good movie, I'm just like, holy shit, like I want to do that. And then it just makes me, it makes me like want to be as good as them. So I feel like I'll like, you often see something I'm like I really need to get back in the class or you know or I need to like visit this part of my acting that I've never like taken a look at or something you know mm-hmm. like there's so many amazing performances and I'm just like where did how did they get to that place you know it's like really there's a really good movie with Olivia Wilde that came out recently what's it called it's like Vigilante maybe okay I think it's called Vigilante something like that no some what is it called but she basically is plays this like protector of like women. And, oh, cool! But it comes from like her backstory in the movie, and everything is like really dark and sad, and you like understand why she's like protecting all these women. But she goes to these like crazy emotional places, and it's really impressive to watch. And I just remember seeing that movie recently and being like, "Wow, I need to, I need to work on some stuff and get to that level because it was really impressive." God, she's been in a lot of movies, hasn't she? Yeah. I didn't know if she was in... I guess I never realized that was her and Girl Next Door. Girl Next Door. Which, if you haven't watched Booksmart, everyone, like, forget Girl Next Door. Watch Booksmart. Support Olivia Wilde. Oh, my God. That movie's amazing. It's so good. That's, like, probably my favorite comedy from, like... 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Or just for, like, the last, I don't know, five years or something. It's so funny. 
I got to go to the um the South by party for that oh, last yeah, year. Oh, it yeah, it's called A Vigilante. A Vigilante. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's not even listed, like, at the top of her IMDb. Rude. It is an IMDb pro, but I don't know. Hmm. Maybe you got to get that pro. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me being cheap over here. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on, and thank you to everyone who submitted questions. That's very nice of you. Um, great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of BTS Podcast. I apologize for the weird audio stuff with Margot and my conversation. I had to get this like extension thing for the mic that I use because apparently newer MacBook Pros don't have the same type of power or I don't know, some nonsense with the USB outlet. And ever since then, that mic has been making this weird buzzy sound. And every time I think I have it fixed, I don't. So I can't tell if it's only happening in Logic or if it's in Logic and GarageBand, but I promise I'll fix it and I'm sorry. Like I said, feel free to support this podcast. Participate on social media. That is very helpful. If you're using Apple Podcasts, please do subscribe, rate, review. I'm a big fan of Breaker. That's what I use to listen to podcasts. Uh, Do subscribe there. You can also like and comment, which is super fun. And you can make playlists. I love making playlists. If you want to check out my Breaker playlist, find me, Lene Cook, L-Y-N-A-E, Cook on Breaker, and you can see some of my favorites. They include categories like customer experience, but then also strategy and music and economics, and then an entire playlist of women podcasters. So find some new podcasts while you're staying inside. If you want to dig into other playlists, you can also go to my Spotify. I have a quarantine playlist to help your ass relax during this staying at home stressful time. But if you're listening to this future, you can still listen to it. It's called, uh, I think it's called Quarantine and I hope I didn't call it quarantine and chill. Let's hope. Oh, quarantine and decompress. It has Brandon Banks, Aaron Ray, Xavier Omar, and a lot of other great artists. Very relaxing. Music on this podcast is by Benjamin Batherum. Thank you again for listening. If you want to pay to listen to this podcast and just support the making of it, buy me some coffee. You can go to anchor.fm slash BTS podcast. Thanks again.